Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Coach Paula. What's up, hubby? I'm getting excited about our trip this weekend. What trip? We are heading to the Chicago Marathon. Oh, yeah. Us and about seven others. It's going to be exciting. (laughs) It is going to be exciting. I think they said 45,000 people. Wow. That's a big race. I wonder how many people ran in 2010 when you ran it. It was a big race. I don't know, though. Yeah, I think our hotel is in a convenient location where we can possibly navigate on foot to the start line. I think so. That was by design. Yeah. I feel like logistically it's got to be easier than Boston having to catch a bus and oh yeah ride forever. So anyway, it'll be marathon number four of five for me for 2022, God willing. And my body's still tired, but... I'm plugging along, enjoying the ability to run. The streak continues. The streak continues. What is today? 283? I don't know. You don't know? You're not keeping the tally marks or anything? No. While you're looking that up. So we are going to be in Corral F with a few other athletes from the RYR team, which will be exciting. But we're hoping to be able to see all of the athletes at some point who are going to be there. It'd be nice just to meet in person. I think it'd be really cool if we could spend a minute and pray together before the race. Yeah, that would be great. Whether it's the entire group or a few small groups. Yeah, I was talking to Suzanne about today and thinking maybe the eight or nine of us because Jesse's going as well. So I think that makes a total of nine that we could all have lunch together on Saturday if it worked out. Get a nice team photo. That would be cool. So we'll need to reach out to all of our athletes that are going and see if there's any interest in that. Yeah, we just learned yesterday that one of our athletes is going to Chicago to spectate. That's true. So that that makes 10. Yeah, so that'd be cool. I mentioned we're in Corral F, but um, it was interesting reading through the athlete guide that liquids may not be allowed to enter into the corrals. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's just the day and age we live in. It's um, frustrating. It's a sad reality, but it is a reality. And what I'm hoping then, because I don't take the electrolyte or carb drinks that are on the course, I'm pretty picky about my hydration And so I'm hoping I can take my powder and my empty bottles and either take sealed water in, maybe they'll allow that, or maybe they provide water once you get through security. Yeah, we'll find out when we get there, but it'll be all right. I'm not sure that a mystery powder entering into transition is a whole lot different than a mystery liquid entering into transition. I don't know if it's... A mystery powder if it's in the sealed packet that we ordered. 
That's true. That it was delivered, so. I wasn't planning on bringing a sealed packet. Yeah, because yours comes in a large bag. Yes, it does. Anyway, it'll be exciting. We will figure out how to navigate the logistics pre-race, and it will be fun. Yeah. So I'm still on the fence with Chicago. I've been dealing with some injuries all year, and had a little bit of a niggle this week, but uh, I'm still optimistic. Yeah, I'm thinking as we get older, everything's a niggle. Yeah. You just got to figure out which niggle to naggle. <laughs> mm, which, which which niggle to finagle and which niggles to pay attention to. Like It gets trickier as you get older. With our younger athletes, if they're having a niggle, we're like, rest, <laughs> rest. But with our older athletes, if we rested every niggle, mm-hmm. we may as well just buy a cane and a soft couch. <laughs> and the niggle that I have is not your typical niggle that you get when you go into taper mode because you're not tapering. I'm not really in taper <laughs> mode. I'm just basically doing the same type of training I've been doing for a while with uh, quite a bit of extra strength training, but I'm still optimistic. Speaking of niggle, you know how I almost twisted my ankle in our backyard because there was a big hole back there? Yes. Well, guess what? There is one in our front yard that my ankle found this afternoon. I'm like, you know what? In 2010, I fractured a bone and couldn't run in Chicago. Like, surely to goodness, being six days out, (laughs) I'm going to make it to the start line this year. You have to show me where the spot is and I'll fill it in with some dirt. I have a reserve bucket of dirt for just such an occasion. Yeah, I do feel like you talked to our pest control people about a little critter that might be roaming in our yard. And they said they couldn't find one, but I don't know how they don't see these things that we see. The holes that we had at that time were too big for any critter that they could think of. Well, no, but there was also... The critter lines <laughs> at that time as well. I guess they weren't paying attention to them. I don't know. I don't remember seeing the critter lines at that time, but we certainly have a critter line right now. Yeah. Well, so watch there. your footing. It's been there. And now we have a hole in our front yard. Maybe we're maybe our house is just on a sinkhole. Hmm. Let's hope not. That'd be terrible. Tell me about your training over the last couple of days. Okay, so speaking of taper niggles, when I started my long run this past couple days ago, I guess it was Saturday now, so three days ago, it was only eight miles easy. I'm like, man, my ankle hurts. But then it was fine. Like, I just think it's taper niggles. And then yesterday I had easy hour. Felt great. Could have gone a lot faster, but I decided to stay within the pace range that the nice little workout that was pushed to my watch told me to stay in. So if you're uh, not coached, you should at least go in and set your workouts because it's nice to have your watch cueing you. It's very nice. And if you are coached, then make sure your coach is giving you workouts that go to your watch. It's, It's well worth it. So anyway, yesterday, beautiful. I mean, the weather, you could not ask for better running weather right now. It's been in the upper 40s, low 50s here when I've been running and it felt great. 
And then today, I had yet another, the hay is in the barn workout that had 1K repeats and then 400 repeats in it. And it felt, again, it felt like I was churning more hay, but (laughs) that's good. You know, you know, during a taper, you want to keep up some intensity. So, and then I know you're shocked, but I actually initiated the torture chamber of the cold swimming pool this morning and you were a good sport and got in with me. I was impressed. I had just finished up my weightlifting routine, so it was good timing. Well, my uh, legs did feel better today. They had been pretty fatigued and we got in Sunday morning and then my legs felt better today. So I thought, well, maybe it was the pool. You were not in the pool very long. Today I wasn't because all I could think about in the pool was everything I had to do today. Mm. We made so many accomplishments today. Tomorrow, if we get in the pool, you can stay a full 10 minutes maybe. Yeah, I think I can stay in longer tomorrow if I get back in, but have a busy day tomorrow. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I'm a group leader now for Bible Study Fellowship. And last year was my first year to be a participant in Bible Study Fellowship. And if you're not familiar with Bible Study Fellowship, you should Google it because I've done a lot of different, I don't know, books and studies in my life. I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life and I'm in my 50s. But this one is just so different because it uses, guess what? Only the Bible. (laughs) It's a good source of reference. Yeah. So it's put together very well, and last year was the study of Matthew, so we did a whole year on Matthew. Well, now we're doing a whole year on First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and kind of the time period where Israel splits into two tribes, into two different kingdoms, the North Kingdom and the South Kingdom of Israel and Judah. And wow, I mean, it's a lot of content, but... Now that I'm a group leader, we don't just meet once a week. The group leaders now meet, and then we have the meeting. And then there's also the shepherding of the people in the class. And so I had all that on my mind today. I try to do a lot of that on Mondays because I don't have Ellie on Mondays. So I had that and struggling with this new uh, book five, piece three of Suzuki for the violin. And uh, You've got it all going on. I just... uh, I put a little bit too much pressure on myself. My teacher told me today, she's like, you know, when I get frustrated and things get hard, I go back and play things that are fun. So before I go to bed tonight, I might just go back to book one or book two or <laughs> and just play things that were hard when I was learning them. But I bet you they seem easy compared to what I'm trying to do now. It's kind of like doing a, an easy run after doing a hard run. Yeah. So tomorrow's going to be cake. It's all easy after that hay in the barn <laughs> workout. There may still be one more speed day before yeah. Chicago for you. Yeah. These should not be called hay in the barn. They should be last ditch effort to put some hay in the barn. <laughs> or keeping the hay in the barn. I think today was actually called keeping it fresh. Maybe. Hey. Haze in the barn is yet to come. Okay. Well, last week, the workout definitely said the haze in the barn. It did. You're right. You got two weeks of it. (laughs) I want to comment on one of our other athletes who 
is getting ready for Chicago. She commented on her workout yesterday, which was an easy run with a few strides, 30-second strides, 30-second pickups. Yeah, I wouldn't call 30-second strides. Okay, 30-second pickups, and it was RPE, no, so no target pacing, but she knocked it out of the park. I didn't know her legs went that fast. On her final pickup, she went 628 pace. Yeah. She's been holding out on us. So now we know. Now we know. She did set a new threshold record on this easy run with a few pickups in her taper week going into <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. We may need to send her a little text message saying, hey, it's taper week. Save all that energy for Sunday. Yeah. Oh. But man, she is just crushed the training like has been so consistent and when things got tough she got tougher and it's gonna be exciting definitely this will be her first marathon oh boy what an experience yep you go valerie i guess i have a couple of random news topics to talk about before we jump into the main event okay do any of your random news nuggets have to do with the upcoming Kona event? I was just going to mention once again that I'm excited for the Ironman World Championship, which is the same weekend as Chicago. The Well, actually, the pro women are racing on Thursday, along with half of the age groupers. And the pro men race over the weekend with the other half of the age groupers. They're doing it on Thursday? They're doing it on Thursday. That's a kind of a bummer for the age groupers. Got to take off more work. That is true, but if you're going to do it, you might as well do it in Hawaii. I guess. But it will be a good opportunity for some of the age groupers to watch the pro events. Some will get to watch the pro ladies and some will get to watch the pro men. So is it female age groupers and male age groupers? I don't think so. I, I there was a video I was watching earlier today where a male athlete, age grouper, said he was racing on Thursday. So they must be doing it by specific ages. That's what I'm expecting, yeah. I apologize to our listeners if you're hearing weird noises in this. I am parched. <laughs> it's important to hydrate <laughs> in your taper like, week. I'm hydrating like no other right now. Doesn't matter what the temperature is on race day, you need to be Topped off on the tank. Yeah. So anyway, I'm letting my listeners know if they hear things that are weird, it's my super special Hydra Peak hydration. Stainless steel insulated thermos. And the only thing I don't love about it is this is the fattest thermos I've ever had, so it won't fit my cup holder. That's true. But hey, so we digress. I'm sorry. What were you saying? There are... Oh, age groupers, yeah. So I'm thinking that all of the 30 to 34-year-old males would have to compete on the same day. Correct. Okay. So, yeah, be curious to see how that's set up. Yeah, and about 5,000 age groupers. I was reading an article that said that of all the people that compete in a full-distance Ironman in a year, only 6% qualified to go to Kona. Well, did they split it up on days and double the number of age groupers, or did they make the age group races half as 
big. He said there were 5,000 age groupers. I don't know. Total or on each day? Total. I wonder how that compares to when you did it. I'm thinking that there were a couple thousand men and a couple thousand women, so maybe comparable. I'm not sure. Hmm. But looking forward to all the coverage of that, all seven or eight hours. But I guess it'll be seven or eight hours times two if you watch the men's and the women's separately. That's a lot of live streaming. Yes, it is. Another news item, and I saw this on one of Lionel Sanders' recent videos. He is sporting the head jet 180 rear wheel, which is the deepest depth available without being a full disc, which is 180 millimeters in depth compared to the 82 millimeters of my Zip 808 that I wore out in Kona. And is that because a full disc is not permitted? It is not permitted because of the potential crosswinds. This is an attempt to obey the rules but get as much aero advantage as possible. And really, for your rear wheel, I don't know the crosswinds are that dangerous on your rear wheel, but definitely on the front wheel. Another piece of random news, Daniela Reef, who is favored on the women's side to win the Ironman World Championship, she recently discovered that she had worn a band wetsuit the last two years at the Collins Cup and also in Ironman Switzerland. The Speedo Tri-Elite suit has raised catch panels on the forearms, which are supposed to catch more water, kind of like wearing paddles on your hands. Fortunately, it was just a simple mistake. She didn't realize it was banned. The officials didn't realize it when she was wearing it. No harm, no foul. And the rules are being updated to specifically call out that suit to avoid any confusion. What brought it above the radar? Somebody spotted it post-race and made it and brought it to her attention and then she said which races she wore it in, and everybody decided it was no big deal. Move on. And in some of the races, she has won by such a significant margin, it didn't make a difference. Anyway, another little tidbit. The UCI Road Cycling World Championships were a week or two ago. There was an article about few riders getting attacked by birds. The particular bird was called a magpie. Have you ever heard of a magpie? I have. Okay, good to know. So one of these riders was Bach Malama. He had a second encounter with birds while he was there. This time it was a seagull, and the bird crashed into him from the side. Fortunately, Malama stayed on his bike. Not sure how the bird turned out, though. <laughs> yeah, I run with a friend who hates birds, like almost terrified of birds. And on our greenway, there are geese that will hiss at you. Yes, they and will. She does not appreciate that at all. Mm -hmm. And they'll run towards you sometimes when they're hissing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Last little piece of random news. What do you think about NASA sending a spaceship up to run into a small asteroid? Well, you know what I thought about it. <laughs> but I guess you want me to tell our listeners what I thought about it. <laughs> I'm really running your podcast. <laughs> Would you like? To We're going to have to practice <laughs> podcasting a little bit more. Yeah, okay. Ask again. The last 
random news nugget I wanted to bring up. Oh, you'd have to start over. <laughs> what do you think of that? I think that they're uh, if you play with fire, you get burnt. So they're going to see if they can knock an asteroid off course, and they're going to knock it into an orbit that's going to crash right into planet Earth. That's what I think. You just never know. <laughs> but you've got to think that if they had enough science and math and technology to hit this asteroid, however many millions of miles away it is, and however long it took to get there, that they thought about like the ricochet or where it might end up going. But I don't know. But it's, it's pretty it, interesting. It, it kind of makes me think about when you and I play pool. We played pool recently. Yeah, and I got slaughtered every time. I'd rather play skip bow where I have a 50% chance of mm-hmm. Here of we winning. go. You're ahead by seven games. <laughs> okay, well, I think winning at pool is more bragging rights than winning at skip bow. But anyway, I'm lucky, like, uh, have you, like, put your finger where I know I need to, where the cue ball needs to hit the solid to go into the pocket and I'll have you put your finger there and I don't know seven times out of ten I'll actually hit the correct spot (laughs) and it'll go in even though I know like mathematically where to hit it it's just some reason it doesn't go that way but it's hand-eye coordination what makes me think about the asteroid thing is you tend to know not only how to hit the ball the cue ball to where it's going to hit the stripe ball in the right spot but then the cue ball goes where you want it to go afterward i don't have that skill set so you're like it has to do with where the cue stick hits the cue ball yeah well i'm so busy just trying to get the cue ball to go where the cue ball is supposed to go that i'm not to that skill yet Mm, but i did not grow up with a pool table in my basement my cousins had a little bitty bumper pool table in their um cellar (laughs) in the cellar yeah it was definitely not a basement and in bumper pool you didn't hit the cue ball you just hit the ball itself around the bumpers sounds challenging and i could play bumper pool and i could play ping pong but need a little practice with pool Hmm. however that's a little tabletop shuffleboard game i was kind of rocking that you were doing great (laughs) i didn't stand a chance yeah so where were we um knocking an asteroid off target okay yeah so if an asteroid is ever heading towards the earth i guess it makes sense for earthlings to try to prevent that from happening (laughs) earthlings but humans yes but earthlings (laughs) if god doesn't want us redirecting the asteroid it's not going to happen earthling can i start calling you earthling you can call me earth angel oh no ellie's earth angel Hmm. all right all right we're ready to get into the main topic what is the main topic pto age grouper we were talking about wrapping up our pto u.s open trilogy with a discussion of my race and then we promise our listeners that we will not mention pto in our next podcast I don't know that we'll have anything else to talk about for a while. (laughs) All right. Well, there was something pretty exciting about the age group race this year, and that is that you raced. Well, you participated. I think you participated. I think you uh, held back 
you just wanted to participate to support the PTO. Yeah, so the training has been geared towards completing the triathlon, but really focused more on being healthy to do the Chicago Marathon. So no holds barred on the swim, but conservative on the bike and conservative on the run. But let's start even before then. So the night before, we were settled in for the night. I had my bike stickers on. I had my helmet (laughs) stickers on. I had my race bib on my race belt, which the PTO gave us a race belt, but I brought my own. And I had all my bags packed. I had a bag for the swim, a bag for the run, and a bag for the bike. I had all the bags. So I was all set up. I thought, well... We'll take a shower and then call it a night. Well, I got the idea that although I'm not 100% and I'm not racing all out, I should do the best I can on the swim. So I fixed myself a tub of warm water and spent the next hour and a half or two hours shaving my arms and legs so I could be as slippery as possible in the lake water. Did you wonder what I was doing or did you know what I was doing? I don't even remember what I was doing. I must have been... You're in a world of your own. I must have been heavily into my Bible study, fellowship study, and just not even realizing how much time was passing. But when you walked out of the bathroom, <laughs> I knew what had happened. You looked naked. I mean, you weren't naked, but your arms and legs looked naked without the hairs on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that is a uh, a little tip. If you want to be a little faster in the swim, you need to be more hydrodynamic. I have something else to say about the night before your race. Okay. So normally when we go to a hotel room, I say, which bed do you want to sleep in? And you always say... The one you're in. The one you're in. And so first night... We picked our bed, and the next night you got in the other bed. (laughs) You slept without me. You never do that. It was a little crowded the night before. (laughs) Just a little crowded. I don't know what you're talking about. I was just barely hanging onto the bed, and I didn't want to wake you up. Plus, I had this, maybe I'm getting some allergies or something, but. Oh, now you're making sometimes at night. I get congested and breathing through my mouth. And anyway, I wanted to make sure I slept better on <laughs> night two than I did on night one. I mean, it was your race. You could have kicked me or something on night one and said, get on your side of the bed. And then you would have got in the other bed and then it would have been no different. In my defense, I wouldn't have. I would have scooted over. But in my defense, we have a king size bed and I sleep in the middle of it. Which leaves plenty of room for you. Yeah, I hang on to the edge here, too. (laughs) Yeah, you do not. (laughs) Why'd you say that? That's not true. I do stay pretty close to the edge. Okay, but it's not because of me. Well, that's true. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, so get all trimmed. Get my game face on. Have a good night's sleep. I get up at 3.30 or so in the morning. To have my breakfast, which was... Wheaties. I had a banana. I had beetroot juice. I had a Gatorade. Did you have Wheaties? (laughs) I didn't have Wheaties. Do you remember that Wheaties 
jingle before I head for my bleacher CDs. I get the EDs for my Wheaties. I did not remember it, but that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, it, it's a song, but I'm not going to sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Did you have any chicken nuggets? No. <laughs> okay. So I had a banana. I had beetroot juice. I had Gatorade. And I would normally have an almond butter sandwich. But I decided not to deal with the bread this time. So I had yogurt and almond butter. And my stomach is pretty tolerable. Especially on a shorter event. Which this was intended to be close to a half. 100k. But I really wasn't too worried about my stomach. I just wanted to have some fuel in the system. But I had breakfast, brushed my teeth, went back to bed for a little bit, and got up. Got my suit on. I used some Vaseline and Body Glide to try to prevent any any chafing. <laughs> so you wouldn't lose any nipplage. <laughs> what is in your mug? No, I did not put any on my chest. I put it... Where my bike saddle tends to rub, and I put it on the shoulders where my tri suit sometimes <laughs> rubs. Because I'm wearing a tri suit that has sleeves. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, just t- pro tips for our uh, listeners, you know. Protect your nipples. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we get to the venue. There was no trouble with parking. We had spoken with Mike. Mike of the Fort Worth Tri Club the day before, nice guy, and told him about our concerns about parking, and he said, hey, here's where you need to park. It's great. It's close to transition. You got it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And free. And free. And so that's where we parked, which was great, but we had to get the bike out of the truck before going into the garage because the way the bike sits in the back, it would rub the ceiling you would lose at least your, once. You would lose your arrow bars for sure. Yeah. So I uh, drop you off in the dark outside the parking garage. I go park, and then we walk to transition together. The transition was well lit, and everybody had an assigned spot for their transition area. And once we got set up, we found a nice place to... Uh, sit down. I found a chair to sit in and you stretched out a blanket and we were just chilling, letting time pass, not too far from the porta potties, which there were plenty of porta potties. And I never ha- saw a line. No, there weren't any lines. And hand washing stations, which was pretty cool. With running water. Yeah, you had to pump it with your foot, but yeah, running water and then hand sanitizer as well. And there was one time that I, I went to the Porta Johns, and it was dark out. And a minute later, I come out, and the sun's out. It was just the bizarrest thing. It's like somebody flipped a light switch. Another thing that was interesting is they had a giant blue cooler up on a pedestal. And you could, it was like a water dispenser type cooler. And you could just fill your water bottles all day long. That yeah, so nice. something like maybe a, a 50 or 100 gallon tank. It was huge. With a little, maybe half a dozen spigots around the outside. Very thoughtful. 
it's important to be hydrated in the Texas heat. So as I was leaving the Portageon, the sun is up. I hear the announcer announcing that because of the extreme heat, they are cutting the age group event distance to make it shorter for safety reasons. And they actually said it, it wasn't the PTO who was doing it. It was USA Triathlon who was recommending the course be shortened for the age groupers. So instead of the 2K swim, which is going to be two laps, there was a 1K swim, one lap. And instead of a three-loop bike course being 80 kilometers, there was a two-loop bike course. So 50-something kilometers, 31 miles. And then a instead of... Instead of 12-mile run, it was like an eight-mile run. Yeah, instead of a three-lap run, it was a two-lap run. So it was somewhere close to seven miles on the run. Which I was disappointed at first because I was really looking forward to doing the 100K. And I'd been wanting all year to do a half-distance event. And the 100K is pretty much the same as a half-distance event. But once the race started and... uh, you know, made it out of the water, got onto the bike, got onto the run. I was thankful. The heat was pretty intense on the run. So it was a good call. So I'm thinking when you're finishing your first lap on your swim, you're thinking, man, I sure wish I had another lap. I was not. <laughs> I was ready to head towards the stairs. But for the age groupers, the two-loop course was going to be without exiting the water. The professionals had to exit up the stairs and dive back in. I guess they didn't want the age groupers diving in, is my thought. But yeah, it was just a one-loop swim course. And I really struggled sighting the buoys. It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was because my form goggles were fogged up. I feel like the buoys were just so far away. (laughs) But there were plenty of other age group athletes in the water. The way that the start occurred was they lined everybody up in groups based on age group, which was the color of swim cap that you had. And then we went to the same start pontoon that the professionals were on, but instead of diving in, they had us jump in the water two at a time and take off. And so it kind of looked like a reverse. Noah's Ark, you know, jumping into the flood two by two. Two by two. Mm, Yeah. We'll just refer to it as the reverse Noah's Ark start from now on. There you go. But the the course was very simple. You basically go out straight. You make a left turn and you make another left turn and then you come back straight to the exit stairs. I will say when I swim... A race, I prefer the opposite direction, but they almost always go the direction you were going. Mm-hmm. Kona goes the opposite direction. It does, yeah. So when I was doing my thing, I was swimming, and I was probably maybe 200 yards from the exit stairs. I'm taking a few breaths towards my right, and I see you standing on the shore taking pictures. And I actually try to wave at you with my recovery arm. I don't think you saw me. I didn't. I was too busy looking through the little phone thing, recording everybody. We need to go back and put that on the large screen and see if we can find you. I was there. I'm sure you were. Then I missed your exit. I heard you say my name, but I didn't see you. 
And then I didn't see you leave T1. Hmm. So I was not the best spectator. You saw, I mean, you saw me though, and that's what matters. Yeah, it was encouraging to see you. You knew I was out there trying. (laughs) So when I got out of the water, well, let me just back up and say that in my practice swims in a really small lake where I was doing circles, my GPS watch was really off on the distance. But my watch with this pretty much straight out and back course was pretty close to accurate. So if the course was accurate at a thousand meters, that's a thousand ninety-three yards, and my watch measured a thousand one hundred and twenty-two yards. I wonder, and this theory could be tested out at our small lake, if you taped the watch that you put on your bike, if you taped that to the top of your head and swam if it would measure the gps accurately i would think it would yeah so if you ever want to know really how far you swim out there you just Mm -hmm. tape that to the top of your head because the gps really doesn't work underwater it's only when your arm is coming out of the water that it's catching a signal you'd have to remember it's up there to start and stop it (laughs) we'll keep that in mind i mean that's using your head that's using your head all right When I exited the swim, I had it in my mind. I was prepared. I had to remember to take my swim skin off. So I quickly got my goggles off my eyes, left them on my head because that was my reminder. I'm not taking my swim cap off until I get my swim skin off. So I'm fighting with the swim skin as I'm running towards T1, barefoot, trotting along. I get that off, put my swim cap and goggles away. First things first, I got to get my helmet on. And then I uh, I already had my shoes clipped onto my bike. So all I had to do was trek on out of T1, which my transition positioning was not ideal. It was the farthest away from T1 exit and the farthest away from T2 entrance. But that's okay because they grouped all the age groupers in my age group in that same vicinity, which is the way it ought to be, so that we all have the same challenges, so that we're actually competing fairly. So I get out on the bike, and I realize that I haven't hit the transition button on my watch. I hit it when I exited the swim, signaling that I was in T1, but I did not hit it when I started on the bike. So my watch missed a little bit of the bike performance, but that's okay. It was no big deal. So my goal on the bike was to be conservative and average 160 watts, which if you pay attention to any of the professional men or women, that is really low. (laughs) But hey, I'm not a professional. So I was able to do that. The course was a really nice bike course. Everything in Texas is concrete. So there were a lot of those seams in the road. And there were a few little concrete potholes that you had to watch out for. And I will say, too, on the 160 watch, you were not racing this race. You were participating in this race. Correct. And the road was really wide. And in a lot of cases, there was a lane open for, for cars. But there was cones everywhere separating the cars from the participants. There were quite a few hairpin turns which brings down the speed and 
brings down the watts a little bit. But it was really nice, a beautiful morning. It was heating up when I reached the aid station, which I guess there were, I can't remember now if there were one or two aid stations. I felt like the first aid station was a long way into the bike course. Yeah, I felt like there was only one aid station per loop on the bike course, and it was coming back toward transition. Yeah. But I was intentional to get water to cool myself with because I had plenty of nutrition and hydration on the bike, things that I had tested, things I was comfortable with. So the bike went well. There was no crowding. There was no unavoidable drafting. It was uh, just a really good experience. I also feel like comparing this to other triathlons that the bikes were spaced a little bit better in transition. The bikes weren't on top of each other as much as some other brand name races. I agree. Yeah, it was very nice. So coming into T2, I'm approaching. I take my feet out of the shoes and continue pedaling till I get to the dismount line, hop off, gingerly prance into T2. It's not natural to be running barefoot, so a little gingerly. It wasn't concrete for long, and then it turned into grass, and it was a little bit better. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, the pros get to do all that on a nice, cushiony, padded, carpeted area. Yeah, so I did a little bit of... Well, we're going to get to that. I want to talk about the carpet in a little bit. So it, T2 took a little bit longer because you, you got to rack your bike. Then you got to take your helmet off. And then you put your race bib on. Um, I've got my Jar Jar Binks hat I've got to put on, which is a moisture wicking hat that's neon yellow. With wings. With wings that hang down over the back <laughs> of my neck. So that my neck doesn't get sunburned. But then I also had my little toddler tights or pantyhose and a stainless steel insulated mug filled with ice. So I poured the ice into my pantyhose, wrapped that around my neck, tucked it into my tri-suit, and it felt so good. Because at this point, it was quite toasty out there. Slid on my socks and shoes and was out on the run. My target pace on the run was to not go any faster than eight minutes a mile. Just a jog for you. It felt good. But even at a conservative pace, I was passing people and there were people walking, people struggling, but I felt good and I was glad to have that ice on my chest. I had my Fuel belt on with four bottles of Gatorade. You which, look just like Colin Chartier out there. You look like you weren't affected on that run at all by the heat. It wasn't too bad. But I didn't need to take all four bottles. I should have thought about that when the course was shortened from 18K down to around 11K, something like that. 12K. 12K. It makes sense if you do the math. It would be 12K. That I didn't need as many bottles, but I had all the bottles. And anyway, I was just having fun at that point, and I got to see you out on the run course in a spot I had not anticipated, which was a nice surprise. I picked up a gel at the aid station, primarily because I wanted to try the brand, because I hadn't had that brand before. And again, 
this was for fun. If it was all business, I would not have experimented with a gel that I hadn't tried before. I wonder why they didn't let age groupers run the same course as the pros, because I really would have liked to have sat in that shady spot and just watched you (laughs) make some laps. I bet you would. That was weird. So my thought on that is where the pro athletes ran was a concrete path that was quite curvy right along the water. It could have got crowded with all the age groupers. Maybe. It could have, but it it would have been really pretty. So the two-loop run course, it went well. At one point, my pace on my watch was showing that I was just under eight minutes a mile, so I backed off a little bit. And then it got to 8.02 pace, and I thought, hmm, I can speed up a little bit now. (laughs) And so I sped up a little bit, and I, I was cheering on some other people who I was passing or were walking. And it was an out and back. So you could see people going in both directions. But anyway, it was fun. And in the last mile or so, I did speed up a little bit. My watch had my average at 7.57, which not too bad. The results on the PTO website. I'm competitive. I'm like, what are you doing? I'll pass those people. And you looked at me and said, eight minutes per hour slower. The results on the PTO website don't really match what my watch was showing. So I don't know where they got their information, but um, anyway, yeah, it's pretty think, close in some cases. I don't think cases. that website really adjusted for the distance adjustment, so it didn't make a lot a lot of sense, some of it. Yeah. Anyway, you podiumed, and that's pretty good for just being out there lollygaggish. That was quite the surprise. I had no expectations. I, I didn't even know what the award process was going to be but yeah i saw my results and noticed i was in third place and it said unofficial results so i was watching throughout the morning thinking hmm the results are unofficial so you wouldn't have to watch very long though because all the age groupers started at the same time so as i was yeah so as i was coming into the finish i had the opportunity to, to run on the red carpet I was not a fan of running on the red carpet. It was squishy, wasn't it? It was too squishy. (laughs) If you were barefoot, though, and it was your transition area. All right. If I was barefoot, that would have been nice. But running in my Hoka Carbon X shoes, I felt like I was a little unstable. Well, we walked through there that morning just to look at all the transition spots for the the professionals. They get plenty of space in their transition. Yes, they do. But it, and they get a bucket to put all their gear in. They do. Do you? I was kind of expecting that the age groupers would have buckets. No, no buckets. No buckets. Maybe next time. I'm not sure we could have fit anything else in the vehicle to transport home. You had all the stuff. We yeah. Pro- we probably could have supported seven or eight triathletes. We had a lot of stuff. We had a... We had a Spare rear wheel. We had... What else did we have? I don't know what you had in all those bags. But you went into transition. You went into transition carrying like six bags. And then we put all the empty bags in the truck after you set up in transition. And then at the end of the race, I said, can you get everything out of transition? And you said, I don't know. I'm like, well, then who does know? (laughs) Do I need to go get bags? But you came out and... Didn't need any bags, so 
That was a little confusing, but yep. hey. I, I tied my swim skin onto the bike, looped the helmet onto the arrow bar. Shoes were clipped in. There wasn't a whole lot to carry. All worked out. But I was just thankful to be able to do that. It was I was healthy. Uh, had fun. It was great watching the pros. Great spending some time with you. We uh, were in the sun a lot, but didn't get sunburned. In comparison to Ironman, I would say everything at PTO was better as far as spectating and, from my point of view, participating. With the exception of after the race, the food choices, they didn't have any real protein choices. So I felt like you didn't have any way to refuel except for what we had brought, which was in the vehicle. So that was Sherpa era there. But... They did keep announcing that you could go to the food truck and get food, but nobody was at the food truck getting food, so we were a little confused by that. But you did eventually go get your free food from a food truck, so that would have been nice if it were better advertised or something. Or if the food truck was closer to the finish area. Yeah, because it was way off, but again, you wouldn't want all the athletes congregating right there either so i don't know they could maybe improve on that process a little bit or communicate it better all in all it was a great experience and we'll have to see what races the pto puts on next year be interesting oh one other tidbit we did throw our names into the hat for the london marathon which happens in april so we'll know at the end of october whether or not we get in last year there were 450 something thousand names for uh, registrants into the lottery and 17,000 selected so it was about three percent chance not a very big chance speaking of the london marathon shout out to harpreet who finished the london marathon yesterday in a time of five hours 21 minutes for a personal best good job harpreet I see you pulling out your B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. It's one of Ellie's favorite songs. Have we mentioned Ellie on a podcast lately? No. She loves uh, going down that little roller coaster. It is Jeremiah chapter 7, starting at verse 21. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and add meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. We often think that what we need to do is this and that and everything else. But what we need to do is listen and obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.